0: I jump out of bed because I love my life. Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive. Being myself, clarity will arrive. So I'll send and be J-U-I-C-Y. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the GFR show. I'm so glad you're here. And we are releasing this episode on video on the YouTube channel and also through all of the places that you listen to podcasts. And I am so excited for today's guest. I cannot wait for you to meet her. And as is tradition on the GFR show, we kick off our shows with the question that has you get those thinking and feeling juices flowing in the way that the speaker is going to like open your mind and have you drop in in a new way. So here is the question. Question is, is how you feel about your body preventing you from enjoying your life? Is how you feel about your body preventing you from enjoying your life? Now, y'all know that this is a a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and that I did an episode, we'll put a, a link here where you're listening or watching, called Fuck Dieting, which chronicles my own journey around the final, final releasing and surrendering to listening to my body and letting go of all of the restrictions and anything that is keeping me from fully fully dropping into my intuition and really enjoying my life really really enjoying my life after decades of dieting and all kinds of stuff so Today's guest is like we're sisters in our journey and we just really became friends recently. We've we met years ago, but we really just became friends recently. And the more that we talked, we're just like, oh my god, this happened to me. Oh my god. And then I did this and this and then I did this crazy thing where I like, you know, stopped dining and then you know my body changed. And oh my god, wasn't that terrifying? And we just like it was it was it was really great to meet somebody who is a little bit further along than me on this journey. And also this is her work. So her name is Jennifer Joy Jimenez and she is a beautiful, beautiful soul. So I'm going to read you some of her credentials and then I'm going to, you know, I'll share a little bit more about how we know each other and you are in for a wild ride, a juicy conversation. And if you have, gosh, any, anything within you that knows that there is stuff around food and your body and movement and health that that whole Conversation for yourself is wanting to be cracked open or wanting to be evolved to the next like level of peace. You are in the right place. I am super excited. So here's some of Jennifer Joy Jimenez's amazing uh, credentials. So she is the co-founder of Brave Thinking Institute, and she's the founder and director of the multi-million-dollar health and well-being division of the Brave Thinking Institute. She also serves as expert faculty and trainer for the coach certification division of the Brave Thinking Institute, which is the premier training center for transformational coaching, and also happens to be a client of mine. So that is how we have gotten to know each other most recently. So Jennifer has over two decades of experience helping difference makers like you and me i know that's who i'm talking to difference makers become more confident healthy and joyful and abundant and live life to the fullest and she has innovative coaching programs where she combines proven health and well-being science mind body movement and transformational spiritual principles which is such a beautiful trifecta of transformation i don't know of anything else that's out there that's that's like this and that is led by somebody who has had their own deeply personal transformational journey and is so beautiful in the way that they share about it And she has credentials, y'all. She's been featured in publications like Self, Shape, Oxygen, LA Yoga Magazine, Women's World, and on TV programs like Fox Business and NBC News. And she's also shared the stage with some pretty freaking cool people. Marianne Williamson, Byron Katie, Bob Proctor, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, and many, many others and this is like the funnest part she's the creator of something called transcend dance which is a conscious dance modality that is it's it's beautiful i mean it is it is a a beautiful access point for healing and transformation and dislodging and forgiving and just amazing and i i for one love dance and i do not do it enough and she actually has she teaches twice a month on virtual, on zoom. And y'all, she has a link for all of our listeners to take a free class, a free transcendance class. So you're going to want to check out that link and no dance experience required. It's, it's really, really, really beautiful. So you want to check out transcendance and. You know another sort of fun fact about jennifer and who is just so powerful in her own right is who her mom is and so her mom is mary morrissey and uh, for those of you that know who mary morrissey is it's probably really fun to hear that and we talk a little bit about what's it like being like the daughter of mary morrissey and growing up you know like she grew up with spiritual principles and insight and awareness that gosh i really wish i guess my story is that if i had those when i was younger you know that i don't know life would have been easier or i wouldn't have you know would have been on the journey that i was you know with my body and struggling so much and all of that and we talk about that in the interview because and it's actually really healing healing for me because you know our journey is our journey and so mary morrissey she is really considered one of the world's foremost experts on dream building she's invested like 40 years in creating and studying the art, of transforming dreams into results. And she is the founder of the Brave Thinking Institute. She's also written a few best selling books. Her most recent one is called Brave Thinking, which is just so good. It's so good. I've already given away multiple copies to friends and family. And, you know, she is also a world leader. She has. Had three week long meetings with His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, where she, she, he asked her to come and, you know, help him with beautiful things that he was doing. She has addressed the United Nations and she's even met President Nelson Mandela in South Africa and many, many more things that I can't even, don't even have time to go into. And it's really fun. I'm getting to work real closely with Mary and getting to know her at a new level with the work that I'm doing with Brave Thinking Institute. And it's, it's really fun to to be part of their family and get connected with their family and all of their journeys mary you know big part of mary's story that she shares is you know is how much she struggled with owning her own and building her own dreams when you know her kids were little and so it's just a it's a really fun holographic and so transparent way of really like relating to real people, people that we might put up on a pedestal, you know, and really getting to know their stories, their struggles. You know, Mary had a baby when she was 16, who is now the CEO of Brief Thinking Institute, John Boggs, who I just adore. And so, gosh, it's, I could just go on and on about this whole family. And so Jennifer and I have become close friends and we have so much in common, you will see from the interview. And she has been through it with her her journey with her body and of course it's all been in divine order you know she was a professional dancer and you know you can kind of assume what comes with that around journey with body she's a mother of three and got married and met the love of her life very young got married and it's just yet another example which we're so it's a habit here on the gfr show of providing examples of how our journey really serves our mission and how how sucky it can really look at times and feel at times. And, and so I really hope this is yet another story that has you know that whatever wormhole GFR, you know, moment thing that you have going on where you feel like shit's getting real and it's time to really look at it in a new way that these stories really support you in leaning in and knowing it all has a purpose. So without further ado, here is Miss Jennifer Joy Jimenez. Jennifer
1: Joy Jimenez, welcome to the GFR show. Hello, Lisa. I am so thrilled to be here with you, yay. Me too,
0: I'm so excited. I know for the longest time when I started the podcast, I interviewed just like my friends, (laughs) like colleagues, which lasted actually quite a long time. And actually there's there's only like a handful of people that I ever interviewed that I don't know at all. But what's really fun is you're interviewing people that I really know well, which is, you and I, we're good friends. We're kind of new friends. So I think there will be, you know, a fun like discovery of your story in a new way. Probably things that, we, you know, we haven't had a chance to dive into yet. So, ah, so are you, you're game, you're game. I could tell it. I could tell I'm you're totally game,
1: game. I'm game and I'm thrilled to be here. I love you. I love what you do. I love what you stand for. And we have some commonalities in our stories that I think we'll dive into today and just really, you know, help people, help people feel understood and dive into some issues that I think people in general struggle with, but especially women yes. in a big way. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I told them in the intro about my journey and, you know, I have stuff called, called fuck dieting. <laughs> that I released uh, about a year and a half ago, you know, and so those that listen to that kind of know my story. And if y'all haven't listened to it, and the the video is also on my YouTube, you want to check that out. And when Jennifer and I met, we quickly realized we had this very, it's a very unique story around, you know, our relationship with body and exercise and dieting and all that. It's unique in that there's not many that are sort of out about their journey of sort of like recovering from diet culture and all that. And so, and not only are you out and proud about that, you know, it is what you're an expert at, you know, it's an aspect of what you're an expert at as the, head of the health and well-being division of the Brave Thinking Institute. And so <laughs> Jennifer and I joke often that she's like, just she's ahead, she's ahead of me on this journey, you know, like, well, we'll be talking about, I don't know, clothing or something. And I'll be like, yeah, no, no, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> and and you'll be like, yeah, I'm just like a little bit further down the line than than me. Anyway, so we'll go into some of those types of things. And of course your GFR moment, which, which, is, the, which is what this show is all about. So let's see, I'm checking in here. So you shared with me that you have really struggled for decades around your relationship with food and your body and exercise. What is like your earliest memories of struggling with this?
1: Yeah, you know, I think like most of us, we have certain moments in childhood or growing up, you know, that really define or are little teas, they call them, right? Little traumas around things that people might say. So for whatever reason, it just, it felt very sticky. A lot of those kinds of comments, even though it was told other things as well. And they didn't, you know, quite stick as much. So, oh gosh, middle school being weighed, you know, who you're listening, or did you ever have that moment where you were weighed in middle school? And then there's this, the teacher has a response and what that, person who's of influence, right? In your life, how they respond can be really impactful to how you feel. So I just remember feeling like the, the number, which is I think around 130, which is certainly not an outrageous number for my size or my height. Uh, but it, her perception of it was it was too much at that age. So that's wow. certainly a, a moment. I remember a kid- Wait, Can talking- I just pause and say- what the fuck? <laughs>
0: decided to weigh kids at school I mean <laughs> it's so it's cool. just, Like, just, it's just so fucked up I mean it's just yeah I mean I don't believe they do that anymore
1: no and I think me, they, they, they removed a lot of a lot of those kinds of things so I have a few of those you know I ended up falling in love with everything that had to do with movement and dance of course the dance world is ridden with All sorts of, you know, body shame and body image and body dysmorphia and eating disorders. And so when I was in college living in New York City, I followed my dream. I moved out to New York and, you know, I'm probably the thinnest, one of the thinnest I was ever, of course, because I wasn't eating a whole lot during that time. But ballet class, I got a grade for my body, for my weight, they graded us on our weight. And I just remember getting a C and I oh. felt like I should be an A, you know, like all good, amazing, A for for all go- kinds of great things. And the, I just remember just feeling really like, this isn't fair. This is fucked up. What's going on? Like, how, why is this, you know? And what ends up happening is little, I could name Dozens and dozens, right? As many of us could. Our nose isn't the right size. We're too tall. We're too thin. We're too short. We're too fat. We're too whatever it is. And then there's this feeling that I'm just, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. I've got to change something about me to feel loved, to feel accepted, to feel like I can just be enough. And I know I'm not alone, you know, in receiving this.
0: So, your mom is a spiritual teacher and has been in that, you know, field in that world since your childhood. And so like, I know that I always like there's so often where I wish I had certain tools or awarenesses when I was a kid, like I did not grow up with spirituality. It really wasn't until I entered the Overeaters Anonymous when I was in my early 20s that I even knew a higher power or that still small voice, like that's where I found all of that. And I would imagine though that you had some of that teaching or awareness when you were, you know, in your youth. <laughs> in your youth. So how come how
1: come you still had those problems, Jennifer Mass? <laughs> because I thought that
0: would have fixed me.
1: <laughs> I know, right? I know. Well, I, it's my daughter when she left for college. And she, it was about a year or two into being away, and I, I, I promise I'll circle back to me, but it's, it's <laughs> just, telling, right? It's a good, it's a good example of how even when you're raised to with you know, knowing I love all your GFR codes, like your number seven, which is trust your gut, right? You're that listening to that still small voice. And that was one thing I really learned from my mama, who, yes, isn't a thought leader extraordinaire. And you know, I grew up with Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and all these big names like coming around our house and coming and speaking on her stages. And you know so yes I was exposed to some really incredible spiritual teachings and understandings from a very early age and I I do think that I you know it I that's why I went for my dream to move to New York City at 17 and a half 18 years old to you know like do big things and achieve big goals and yet we're still surrounded by people who don't think this way and a culture that doesn't you know that is we're inundated with what we call here at Brave Thinking Institute, common hour thinking, right? Common hour ways of, of (laughs) of understanding the world. And when you leave the nest or when you're in dance classes, five, six hours a day, and your teachers are saying a certain thing and the kids are saying a certain thing, even if you're getting a little bit of it at home or on Sundays at church, there's hours and hours and hours of other messages that are inundating us. And one of the things we talk about here at Brave Thinking Institute is our understanding of who we are and what we're capable of is gets installed through repetition, repetitive thoughts, ideas, information, and you know content that's getting into our subconscious mind that crafts and creates our self-image. So my daughter goes off to college. She comes home. She's like, mom... I'm falling asleep, you know, like I'm forgetting what I know. Why? Because she's around teachers who are many of them common hour thinkers, kids who are common hour thinkers. I remember one moment in high school, she was like, I think differently than the people around me. It's like she had this awareness of how just over the years of me helping really challenge that. It, even if you don't have the money in the bank, you can dream of something you want and the universe will help provide it for you. Not that we're going to look to the bank account to decide if you can have a car as a high schooler or things like that. You know, just ideas and dreams and yep. <laughs> things that, are, that are different than the common world. Yes, yes. And so even with
0: the knowledge that you had around being a brave thinker from very young, the world still got to you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. women, I mean, yeah, it, it for sure. So I get it, it, gets, it, gets, it makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just right. It yeah. just shows. And of course, you and I have talked about how for our daughters, how much it meant to us to support them and having a healthy and healthy, you know, body image and, and all that good stuff because of our struggles. And yes, and, and you know, my daughter still, I think she was kind of mad that she even like had thoughts that, you know, were anything less than nice about her body. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's almost impossible. Do you think having three brothers impacted it like growing up in a house of three brothers
1: impacted my body image? My, yeah, my, you know, they were, they were, you know, I would say it was more less what was going on at home and not that it wasn't ever, you know, I noticed what they were attracted to. I noticed the sports illustrated magazines. And so right. there's this subconscious message that if, if we're, cause back then, you know, I grew up, I graduated in 93, right? So I grew up in the late eighties, early nineties. So we don't have the internet. We don't have social media. So what are we looking at? We're looking at television. We're looking at commercials. We're looking at magazines. Magazines were the social media yeah. at the time. So, you know, definitely sports illustrated was around the house, those kinds of things. And the, the models of the late eighties and early nineties were mostly very, very thin, you know? So I'm seeing what their looking at and finding attractive posters in their rooms. So the subconscious message is, oh, that's what a beautiful woman is. So it was less really a lot of teasing or anything directed towards me. Not that there wasn't lots of teasing from older brothers. Yes, but (laughs) it wasn't so much around that. It was just more, oh, this is who I'm, this is what I'm supposed to emulate you know, to be a sexy, beautiful, you know, woman as a, as a young girl, you know, as a young girl. And, you know, I was, I'm really grateful. My mom was very complimentary to me as a, as a young woman and loving towards me and her body, but it's, she went through the diet era, you know, so she had some things around that from her growing up in her household. So it's just this, it's an undercurrent. Yes. What I want to share is even if, Somebody who's never teased about it or never directly said anything. There's just culturally, we have a culture that is fat phobic. Yes. And ma'am. Is- I'm fat phobic. <laughs> I will so I will <laughs> say I that I'd say, that say I, I, not as much
0: as I used to be, but yeah. that's something I discovered in my journey was that mm-hmm. I my internalized fat phobia. Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. So I, I've healed that. I have faced that. It was one of the most terrifying, scary, challenging paradigms and fears to face of really releasing my addiction to controlling my food, to controlling my body, to squeezing my body into the smallest shape available (laughs) in this (laughs) lifetime. And to just really, God gave me the message to release, let go and to trust and to have faith and just to love myself, love my body, eat healthy, move well. You know, it's not releasing. That doesn't mean going and eating fast food all day. That's not loving my body. Like I know what my body wants me to, the food it wants me to put in it. And it gives me messages and it sends me signals and really learning to reawaken my own body wisdom and my conversation with my body, my relationship with my body, that all happened through childbirth and having babies, you know, post-professional dance days. But more in my thirties was really when I received the message that you're still controlling. You're still, yes, you eat healthy. Yes. You dance and move. Yes. You love your body now, but there's another whole realm that I felt God wanted to take me spiritually that meant yeah, really let's, let's letting talk
0: me. about that. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more because I think that is I was gonna say more interesting, but it's like a juicier part of you know the story that you and I have, which is is a lifetime, right, of a journey around. Transforming that relationship. But like in 2021, the end of 2020, when I, you know, had my like rude awakening of like, after all the work you've done, you still can't look at your body on camera without having this whole, you know, other conversation in your brain about what your thighs look like and, you know, the size of your arms. And, you know, like I caught myself and really, like, really was like, fuck. I just thought I'd, you know, I just didn't think that was there anymore. You know, I'm Lisa Cherney, you know, I'm unapologetically me and blah, 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 blah. You know, and I was like, this is not who I thought I was. And yet there was a, another layer. So I would love for you to share. I would like kind of want to like be like a rock that skips, you know, on a <laughs> on the water. And I would love for you to, to touch what you shared with me around the when you were on the retreat with your mom and you you know were had gotten to that place and i think that's different than what you were just referring to in your 30s and so i think it's important to show the layers of this sure. journey because it yeah. isn't like a, oh i <laughs> you know <laughs> i
1: realized this sucked and then i made it better and now i'm wonderful right no um, it's a it it's like an onion right to think about we peel back the onion and there's all. I want to these- be
0: an onion, Jennifer. I
1: just want to like <laughs> cut the
0: onion in half, get right to the core. <laughs> you
1: know, I remember a client once she sits down and I'm in, I'm in Sedona and I'm leading this retreat and we're doing, we're going around the circle, you know, and, and she goes, I, and I, so we're setting an intention for the retreat. And obviously she's a little newer to her personal development journey. She's like, I just want to remove and get rid of all my blocks, all of them. And I'm going to be totally clear of my blocks. And then my life is going to be amazing. I mean, like literally those are the kinds of words and I'm, you know, I'm just loving her through my eyes and it comes back to me and I just say, so I have some news for you. Probably not going to get rid of all your blocks over the next seven days. But here's what I can guarantee you is that, you know, there's the more we grow, there will be breakthroughs, you know, as as I know we've all had, you know, from time to time, but it's a never ending journey. We're always expanding our awareness of ourselves and and finding new places to heal and then sharing that with others. We call it moving up the spiral of our becoming, our institute. We're moving up the spiral. And, you know, as we get to this new level of awareness and expansion, there's there's more aspects to discover and learn. So,
0: I love the upward spiral because I, you know, the way that I talk about it and use it sim- similarly in its spirit is like, Like because you sometimes feel like you're going back, like does feel like you're going back, but you're never going down. Right. You're like could go back. But you're you know, you're still sort of, you know, on that upward angle. Yeah. 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 So so take us to thank you for sharing about, you know, some of those moments from your childhood and then, you know, going to New York and pursuing your dream to be a dancer and. You know, take us through to the place where you just like really, I guess you hit your bottom and have this. My GFR,
1: of... my my God. Give us, give um, us the GFR moment. The GFR moment. My, I also call it my, you know, my kind of awakening transcendental moment. So, yeah. yeah. So wow. after dancing, professionally, we're lucky. They yeah, do that. yeah. <laughs>
0: not lucky. It's not lucky, right? It's those <laughs> it's of us that are committed yeah to our group, like our listeners and our yeah and our guests.
1: Yes. Yeah. We so just- I had so I danced professionally for many years. Really it was through my my daughter being born. And I, you know, that's a bohemian lifestyle, right? So you're traveling and you're rehearsing and it's not very conducive to motherhood. So I have my daughter And I ended up moving home actually to back home to Oregon for several years and opened up in my mom's spiritual center, a dance and healing arts ministry for four years. And that's really where a lot of my, the beginnings of my healing with my body, I'm discovering the mind body spirit connection on a whole deeper level. I'm Finding conscious dance, which has been such a huge tool for my healing journey with my body and with my spirituality. And it, it feels like my purpose. And but my husband's in the arts. So he's gone all the time. So we end up, I move back to California and then have a second child. And I'm basically fall, I fall into sales. So I'm doing my thing back in LA, kind of evenings and weekends. And but I haven't been able to figure out how to make a living doing my difference making through conscious dance. Like how do you do that? This was before you could just pick up an iPhone and film something and put it on TikTok. you know Like we didn't have you know all yeah. of that. And so I'm um, do a little sidebar
0: on sure. what is conscious dance
1: yeah so traditional dance is where you follow someone's lead. Think about a if you're if you've ever seen a dance class, most of the students are looking at the mirror and there's a teacher facing right. them, and they're following back and forth and forward and back. And you know there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And it's, in my experience, a kind of a two dimensional experience of my body. My body is to be molded. My body is to do certain yeah. things in a certain way and has to look a certain way. Conscious dance is student centered. So there's no right or wrong way to move. Most conscious dance classes like ecstatic dance and mindful movement, those kinds of things, you allow your body to move your body's way, which is was a That in and of itself, you know, is a whole awakening (laughs) and a whole shift of paradigm, very radical compared to what you learn as a dancer. And so it's, for me, it felt like when I took my very first conscious dance class, I felt like I'd been a caged bird that got let out of her cage to fly free for the first time in her life. It was very much a transcendental spiritual experience. I didn't know where my body began and ended. I felt one with the music, one with the space, one with God. It was, it was like, whoa, I felt like I, you know, I, have never done drugs. Not that I have any issues with anybody who does, but it just never called to me. So I feel like it was as if I was high on something, you know, like just. When total- did
0: you take your first, like, when was that? When did you it was, your first-
1: it was actually before I, I left for New York, I had my first experience, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't it didn't it didn't become mine meaning like it didn't really become like okay this is yours this is for you this is not only for you to to do as a spiritual practice but for you to bring into the world until after i had my daughter and i moved home to oregon and then i really began to yeah. realize this is for me. Seed
0: was planted early, yeah. but it didn't really.
1: Yeah, happen. I did. Yeah. I, I was lucky. I mean, my mom, right? So my mom was bringing Debbie and Carlos Rosas, the founder of Nia Technique and Vin Marti, who's the creator of Soul Motion, who's one of Gabriel Roth's prodigies and created a whole, you know, he's one of the most famous conscious dance facilitator, teachers, creators in the world. And he was, he danced in my dance ministry and he was a close friend. And so I would go to, there was a studio in Portland called Body Moves. So I would go there and, you know, as a teenager, I was really into cultural dance, African dance, and I was taking anything I could get my hands on in the movement arts, but I didn't know how to turn any of that into a career. And so the one thing I did know as well, I could go to New York and maybe be on Broadway. And so that's, that's kind of how, but so now I'm I'm in LA, right? So I'm in LA so you Had your daughter, Had my daughter and dances way, 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 way back. So far back that I'm, I find myself, you know, years into this career of putting food on the table. I'm the primary steady breadwinner. Anybody knows anything about the arts is it's very volatile ups and downs, highs and lows. There's lots and the long, long valleys <laughs> <laughs> long valleys where somebody, you know, gets to fill in those gaps. So that was me in our marriage. And so I'm selling and I'm really great at it. And I'm actually like winning sales awards and moving up the corporate ladder. And it's really easy. And I'm sure many people listening can relate to feeling like you're just on this hamster wheel. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're lucky enough, you wake up at some point and realize, wait a minute. I'm not taking care of me. I'm taking care of everybody else at the at my own expense. So, but I'm a. I've always loved health, you know, health and well being. Eating healthy. I naturally, when I'm aligned with me, I want to eat healthy. That's just the way I am. And I'm literally grabbing a handful of peanut M and M's and a diet coke for lunch. Like that's my regular lunch, which couldn't be. That's just an example of how far from being aligned I was. And so, and I but- and I want to pause.
0: I want to pause and like highlight what you the way that you uh, prefaced the handful of M Ms and Diet Coke, and it was that you now know that you enjoy eating whatever healthy whatever that means to you, right? Like yeah. you, and right. And so, it's not about judging a handful no. M Ms and the no. diet and the Coke. Right? Yeah, it, it's about knowing that now that you, you know that because I actually have M&Ms right on the table next to where <laughs> I watch TV and a little jar, which is. To me, like the biggest symbol of liberation for me yeah, is yeah. To have yeah. a jar, a little jar of M&Ms that I can see all the time that I eat some and I put it back on the table. Yeah. And it's like, for, you know, for those, anybody that could relate, like you get it like that to me is just like the, the biggest symbol of healing for me you know, is eating some M&Ms every day and just being not revolving my whole life around the fact that there's a jar of M&Ms, you know, like on the table next to where I eat. So, so I just, I feel like it's beautiful. I wanted to push in on it because I feel like it's just a beautiful, like awareness that you're, you know, that you have now and
1: more wisdom around, you know, what was going on for
0: you. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And to just underscore what you've just said, Lisa, the the food freedom journey is that you can have in front of you a banquet. Everything from candy to desserts to pizza to pasta to salads to whatever. Like imagine a huge banquet. And that you look at that banquet and that food, and your default is food is my friend. And I can eat anything on this table and feel good about myself and feel good about my body and believe that what I put in my body, anything that goes into my body, my body's going to receive this food with love and my body's going to take all the nutrients and what it needs. And it's going to just eliminate and release the rest and that I can see other people eating and whatever size their body might be there 's no judgment around what they 're eating, how much they 're eating, what they 're not eating, all of that stuff you know, and come from just this place of of love and so that 's where I am today at this stage it 's taking time and lots of repetition and, and installing a new mental and emotional operating system and it does feel like i tell you know those that i feel comfortable and and can can hear what i'm saying and and go wow and get it that it's like living on another planet i really it do is. feel like i'm living on another planet inside of this planet cuz most people yeah. don't don't operate that way
0: yeah <laughs> but- I, I, I we are going to get back to your story and i love that we have this in common because it is like living on another planet and i you know yes i'm enthusiastic about things that i believe in in my and my story and things i learn and i feel like i i hold back about 90 percent of my enthusiasm around the freedom that i have and what i'm experiencing because it's it's like it's it's like as if i'm walking on water that's how i feel like it will be received as so unbelievable like the the, the, the freedom that i have that i eat anything i want and my weight has stayed the same for three years. Right. And I just feel like you know, it's like I'm selling fish oil. You know, it's like fish oil. I'm selling what is it? <laughs> Snake oil. <laughs> fish oil good. Snake oil bad. It's such an outrageous idea in our culture mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't talk about it. I really don't talk about it that much, but I I want to shot it from the rooftop because it's so it is. It is like Right? It's like when I was in my pain, the depths of my pain, it's what I wished for. Yes. Then I don't even know that I ever thought he was even
1: possible. possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, for sure. It's such a, takes a tremendous amount of courage. I mean, we can maybe unpack that later or another time as in terms of what's required to walk that journey. I think that would be an incredible you know, yeah, opportunity to unpack that. It. It's
0: terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. And you, you alluded to that earlier. Yeah. So we, I think we'll we'll, we'll We can circle back. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so a di- handful of MMs got diet ms A coke handful of diet coke, you know. Here's the thing. Handful um, of Diet Coke <laughs> and drinking MMs.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know, I um the, the good news is I actually grew up without a whole lot of control. Like I could just, I mean, there was all kinds of food mm. at, at the house and oh I had access to it all with my mom yeah. working for Weight Watchers. Yes. No, <laughs> I didn't have that. So I would have friends actually, like my best friend would, cause she was controlled at home. Like she would come to our house and like binge mm. on stuff. So I, I had it. In, in terms of my default, I, in general, I wanted, if I was going to eat something, I did want to eat healthy, meaning something that after I ate it, my body said, hmm, that was nourishing. And I didn't have that feeling, definitely did not have that yeah. feeling. It's having, almost
0: like that word healthy. It's like we can, it's like it's been ruined, Right. Yeah, what you just described sounds wonderful. I eat it and I feel really and I feel
1: nourished. Well, the other thing is, here's a way I describe it in my in the work that I do. You know, as a health and wellness, you know, advocate, expert, mentor, is that there's food that actually has digestive enzymes in it that your body recognizes as this. I know what this is. My body, I can feel my body identifying a whole let's say sweet potato in a different way than if I eat a highly processed sweet potato chip, right? Like it's not that one is good or bad. It's just, and you know, maybe we can remove the word healthy from it. My, I can feel my body when it receives this food, it knows what it is. And I can actually feel it turning into fuel for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: um immediately like it's just this it's this fascinating feeling so all of this to say i definitely wasn't feeling that <laughs> you were when not was, feeling that but i was not feeling that having red dyed MMs. ms yeah. you know a, a bunch yeah. of them not like three you know but like right. a whole yeah. handful of them and i'm not i'm feeling icky and, and you're
0: feeling on the hamster wheel and I'm you're the red winner yeah water
1: is a toddler at this point. Yeah, I've got yeah. a couple kids, couple a couple little kids. A couple more point. have come. <laughs> well, my mom, my mom, thank goodness, is, is a thought leader. And her mission in life is empowering people to create and live a life they love. She's one of the world's prominent teachers in dream building, how to take an idea of something you would love and turn it into a life you love in all four quadrants. So the four quadrants that she teaches is health and well-being, Uh, Love and Relationships vocation. So your, your career, your creative endeavors and your time and money freedom. So, <laughs> so she calls and said, I'm doing this women's retreat, you know, and I had been going on a yearly basis and then skipping some years because of the kids and teaching conscious dance. And cause that was one thing she wanted to have at her retreats, but that's not her thing to teach it. Right. So she was like, could you come and do your conscious dance with the women? And think it'd be really good for you. And it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't convenient in a lot of ways, it was highly uncomfortable at the time, just based on what was going on in my life. But I agreed and it was in Sedona. So, you know, what I love about pausing our lives and going on retreat or being, you know, I know you've done a ton of personal development as I have, is it just, it, it's pushes pause. It's a pattern interrupt. And we, so many of us just need that. we need a pattern interrupt, this moment where you kind of like wake up from the slumber the, or the just mm-hmm. go through the motions and and pause and reflect on where am I and how did I get here, and why am I here, and is this even where I want to be and one of her practices, one of our you know primary tools, is this idea of really listening to our longing and discontent. And that still small voice, voice, your GFR, you know, number seven, which I, I love your GFR code. I think it's brilliant, by the way. And if Thank your you. listeners don't have it yet, they need to get it immediately, download Thank it immediately. <laughs> so um, it's true. Like they're just they're so right on. They're so right on. So here I am sitting in this little family group of women, and we get asked, "What's your longing and discontent? What is your GFR number seven? What is that still small voice that gut telling you?" And we do a life assessment. And so on a scale from one to five, if you look at these areas of your life, one being not great, you know, and five being the best it could ever be, where are you? And as I go around my, my life, I realize I'm, I've not danced in years. I'm not eating to the way that my body feels nourished or loved or taken care of whatsoever. It's, greatly neglecting what I know my body wants. My marriage at that time is on the rocks, literally where I'm so unhappy, right? That it's spilling over into every area of my life. I'm not fulfilling my purpose. I'm not on my mission. So I'm angry. I'm irritated. I'm cranky mom, I'm not playing with the kids. And I mean, I'm like motherhood was just like my first dream. And that's just heart-wrenching that I'm not being the mom that I know I want to be. You know, I'm just barely getting by and and I'm definitely not fulfilling my purpose and I'm not even quite sure how to do that. You know, I'm feeling I feel like thank you God for having me touch the hem of the garment of what I know I want to do to help <laughs> people because I had, you know, I had taught some workshops and done some things with movement and loving oneself and connecting to spirit through movement but I couldn't figure out how to make money at it, and by and then we craft a vision. So we we do the assessment, and so if anybody's listening and they're like, "Yeah, I'm assessing my life, and there's some areas that I'd like to improve," the next step isn't going to the how. It's putting actually the how on hold, pressing pause on any disbelief that. that it could be any other way. Because I was very much in disbelief. I was like, "I don't have the fucking time. Yeah, I don't have the energy." I don't like, I can barely, like, I just, I'm super burned out. And when you're in that place of burnout, it's very much survival mode. So like the brain isn't creative, you know, like you can't even begin to know, where do you start with all of this? And what I love about, you know, what my mom teaches and now what I've been certified and I bring into the world as well is okay, so now we are clear. We've had a get fucking real moment. This is real. I am feeling really longing and discontented about this (laughs) in my life, you know, and so now I'm going to craft a vision and it, it takes a minute to really just pause the disbelief and the discouragement and the burnout energy and just say, what if, what if let's just put all of that on a side, we're on a magical planet Island, (laughs) if that's a thing, (laughs)
0: I like it. Magical Magical planet island island
1: where anything could be possible. And, you know, what if you had all the money in the world, all the time in the world, and you could just fix it all and create anything you wanted and got a magic wand, what would, what actually, what would it be? What would your relationship with taking care of your body and, and feeling really good in your body? What would that feel like and look like and health and well-being and what would this juicy romantic connected marriage i mean did like did did it start to come to you Yeah. yeah yeah i just you know i wanted to i wanted to you know definitely nourish and feed my body well you know and i wanted to be dancing again and i wanted to re you know i knew i was and and i am with my soulmate but we just weren't jiving. Like I just, I wanted this harmonious, connected, loving, romantic spark. You know, I mean, anybody who has little kids, it can just suck oh the God. spark right out of sucks all of it. It takes effort. It takes yeah. concerted effort to keep that spark alive, particularly sexually and romantically and yeah. all the ways that you want to feel, you know, throughout a loving relationship. And in my vocation, I wanted to make a difference in the lives of others. I knew women were particularly drawn to my work. And I knew that my journey of just feeling so not enough in my body and so confined and controlled and, and, you know, like a slave driver to my body that to whip it into shape and to control it and to diet and to this and that and starve it, that so many women were struggling with that. And and it, and not talking about it, like it's the, like the skeleton in the closet, like the elephant in the room, but the skeleton in the closet, you know, like it's <laughs> right. Like it's yeah. just, it's all it's rampant. And I knew that when I invited them to move in this creative way, that number one, I was grateful for all of the mentors who showed me what was possible and what was the way, but I was also really grateful to God because I feel like I was handed A gift that the way I do this, the way I bring forth conscious dance in the world creates such safety that even for the person who feels like they have two left feet, or they've been teased up and down about moving their body or that they, and even for the woman who, you know, was really good in school at dance or in cheerleading or whatever, but she has no outlet now, like at this or very little. And, and even if there is a dance outlet, it's this two-dimensional, you're staring into a, a yeah. mirror and you're still trying and you're judging yourself against who you were when you were younger and fitter and all of those things. And that doesn't feel good. Yeah. I, so you uh,
0: get a message from God about yeah. doing some crazy thing. <laughs> what was it?
1: So I, yeah. So anyhow, so I craft this vision and I'm doing all this great you know, work in the world and, you know, somehow making all this money doing it. And I go to bed that night and I can't sleep. And I hear from God, God says, you need to go to work on Monday and give your 30 day notice. And I'm just completely filled with terror the second yeah. night. That and I'm arguing with God and I call my husband in the middle of the night and he's a super Renaissance guy and he's great. I was really hoping he would talk me out of it. He doesn't talk me out of we it. I had a
0: similar moment with Greg years ago where I called him and I was really, I really thought he was going to think, no, you're not investing that amount of money. No, you know, we're not. And he was just like, I trust you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs>
1: So talk me out of it. Yeah, I know. I know. That was that moment. He said, we'll figure it out. And so the next day I go to share this with my mom and I say, and I'm, I'm hearing that I'm supposed to like make a declaration, like say it in front of everybody, which I argued with God for about an hour on that one. So she has me get up in front of the women. She says, Jennifer has something to tell you. And I just, (laughs) oh my God, you know, I've just basically burst out in ugly crying. My whole body is shaking and I'm saying, I'm, you know, God is telling me to quit my job. And it's really about me owning my power and trusting and surrendering. And as soon as I say the words, I'm going to, I am going to do this. I'm committing to stop playing small mm. and I'm committing to really trust that there is a mission and a purpose for me. And I'm going to go all in. And I felt like in that moment that the literally like a thousand beams of light shot out from my body and my heart, my whole nervous system calmed down. And I felt like the universe shifted to align with me, or I shifted to align with the universe right after it felt like I was diving off the you know Grand Canyon blindfolded backwards with no net because <laughs> that was like it just was this like breathtaking leap. But then I very quickly I, I did feel caught, and that was the beginning of the journey of really fulfilling my purpose, passion, and mission, and really you know helping. Heal and transform the world. And eventually it turned into a trifecta. So, what I'm passionate about is definitely health and well being, trusted and proven health and well being science merged with transformational spiritual principles. That definitely I'm standing on the shoulders of giants with my mother's 50 years of study of these principles, codifying them into a way that. The average common hour thinker can transform their lives in a very short period of time. So combining that in, but then the secret sauce, as you know, Lisa, is helping transform how we feel in our bodies, about our bodies and our relationship to energy through this body, through conscious dance. So I sprinkle that into all my coaching and programs and retreats and it-
0: And you create your own- conscious dance modality called transcend dance, which you're giving all of our listeners a, a pass for a free class, you do them online twice a month, which is super, super generous. And yeah, it's it's quite phenomenal what you created. So we're kind of coming to the end of our, our time together. And I, I do wanna to touch on what happened at 30, because I, I think that we would be missing out on another level of, a way to connect with the audience that relates to this journey, that it, it wasn't like, you know, you flipped a switch. And not only did you get your dream career, but you got your dream relationship with, you know, with your body and food and all that. So, so can you touch on a little bit of what kind of the next layer of that onion?
1: What happened then? you and so you're talking about specifically the the food eating journey and that piece. Yes. Yeah, so I think you made a reference to when you were yeah. 30. Well, yeah. it, it was actually later. So I'm 48. So I would say from 30 to 40, it was slowly beginning to, you know, turn back on the signals of being able to hear my body signals. Being able to know when my body wants to rest, be not overtraining my body, which was very much a default mode as a dancer, codifying my conscious dance modality, which, you know, really helped me come alive in my career, go from being, you know, even though I was a highly successful professional dancer, I was a penniless <laughs> professional <Perhaps. laughs> Now I've generated, you know, multiple seven figure coaching business and helped our institute generate eight figures, um, in this beautiful marriage where I could, we could, we, I know we, we, there's another whole podcast about sex and sensuality and that oh, oh, yay. <laughs> certainly go there. But, and, and part of having a really great, I believe, you know, connection to our sexuality and sensuality is being in my body, knowing my body, trusting my body. Telling my partner what feels good, what doesn't feel good, all that kind of stuff. Even knowing what feels good and what doesn't feel good, yeah, so pleasure. That's like the pleasure. thirty, that's pleasure. <laughs> but when I hit when I hit forty, so I'm forty eight now at the time of this. It's really been in the last eight years that it's like that next level of freedom, where all of a sudden, so we moved to Mexico City, so I'm out of this culture, which was I think part of what sparked it, yeah. and I'm in Mexico, and so I can't really control my food in the same easy way it's not as easy to eat anti-inflammatory for health but really when i got there i just heard god say just stop all of it
0: so do you feel like you were you were author is it authorex authorexic's author authorexic? the word that what's that word
1: I know. Um, I know what you're referring to where you, it's like obsessed healthy. with healthy. Yes. Like being healthy, yes. You know? And I didn't awesome. even know it really. Like I, I went through, you know, five mm-hmm. or six years where I'm mentoring and I'm teaching and, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm in a really, what seemed like a good way, you know, with my body. But then mm-hmm. when I get outside of my bubble of whole foods and you know, where I can yeah. get all the things, I had this awareness, and then this fear that rose up, right, and then God really saying, "It's time to let it all go,
0: like completely, right." Yeah, that was me at fifty. So yeah, so, yeah. yeah, just, just like terrifying.
1: <laughs> and the fear, the terrifying. fear was it's so um, ridiculous
0: that it's time. It's so. This is my 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 words. My uh, like it, it just. I remember when I felt like I was worried about gaining weight, right? Like when I took all the rails off, all the rules, all the restriction, mm-hmm. mental restriction, physical restriction, all of that off. I rem- I remember being so terrified of gaining weight as if like I had a like a terminal diagnosis, like the fear in me was like I, that's was what was going to happen is that I was going to die. Yeah. And I just thought, wow. Yes. Yeah. I totally relate. To gain weight. That's how horrible gaining weight is.
1: Well, imagine your career being a health and wellness coach on top of that.
0: Yes, I, I, I definitely had that. I'm in the public eye. I'm on yes. stage. Yeah. You know, like I, I definitely had a whole fucked up thing I needed to get over around being bigger and being on stage and being re- still being respected. But yes, one step removed from actually being well, a it's, health
1: coach. But it's, it doesn't matter. It's, it could be it's what are people going to say? Yeah, that's where I, the, my fear where was that came my in. husband's not going to love me anymore or find me attractive going to impact that because we're both very health conscious and care and take care of ourselves. And that's a core value. Like it's just an innate core value, right? So that people are going to think I've let myself go. I'm no longer the let yourself go thing. Oh, Uh, right. And I really thought that my family, like I had this fear that I'd be letting them down and that they would change how they saw me or loved me or, and that all my clients were going to leave. All of them were going to leave. They were all going to like be like, oh my God, you know, like just, yeah, layers and layers. And these aren't conscious. I
0: obviously don't have my shit together and I'm not, I can't be a coach if I, if I can't keep my body small.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the clothes, like, and that's like, that was a whole thing. So anyhow, needless to say, similarly, I took all the rails off, all the restrictions off and, and I will say if somebody does this journey and they do gorge and binge and eat, there's no judgment around that, but that, that wasn't what was going on for me. So it wasn't like taking the rails off meant just like woohoo! now I'm not listening to my body's wisdom and just eating junk food all the time. It, that wasn't, that wasn't the desire either. It was just, it was just that there's just none, there's just no control and it, and, and to really, have the relationship with my higher self. And and here was the message. The message was, if you're going to go where I want to take you as a spiritual leader and teacher, this has to go. Mm -hmm. You can't go where I want to take you on your spiritual journey and still be controlling and hanging on over here. And I just knew that that was more important to me than my body being controlled to be a certain weight or size i
0: really yeah. really relate to yeah. that awareness of the for me it was like the bandwidth that it was taking up and the yes and the you know the felt very contrary to trusting you know, my higher power and trusting my journey and trusting, like, it just felt, you know, it was like, it felt like the last sort of hold that I had on control to really allow the, like, expansion and the, and the intuitive voice to really to really be guided by that intuitive voice how could I be really guided by my intuitive voice which I valued so much when I was not eating when I was hungry like it just you know I just had this yeah so anyway I relate sister
1: (laughs) I'll say because I know you've you mentor you had mentorship I've had hundreds, if not thousands of hours of mentorship on this journey. So I just want to say to anyone listening who's like, I would love that. That sounds terrifying, but I think I want what's on the other side that I would definitely encourage doing this with support and guidance and mentorship. So, you know, check out what Lisa has, you know, certainly going on and and you could even email us and we could refer, you know, I have mentorship, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk the path alone for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So for this last segment, which I can't believe we're already at the last segment. What's life like
1: now? What's life like now? I, I, it reminds me of a question that I was asked in a a high level circle of women who are all leaders and change agents. And they were like, what's your dream day? And I described one of my all time favorite, you know, experiences where I wake up on retreat in Tulum and I have like just mad crazy hot sex with my husband and it and then i you know go in and i have a really beautifully nourishing healthy you know for me it's like some sort of a green juice and then maybe like some eggs and veggies and i have this great meal that my body feels regardless of what i've eaten my body feels super nourished and energized. And I can tell that what I've put in my body is going to turn into all the energy that I want for the day. And then I go into the conference room or the the retreat room. And I have the most incredible group of 20 ideal clients that I know were the perfect fit to work together. And we're transcend dancing and we're releasing limiting beliefs and old stuck energy and trauma that's been there. And out of the class, we, we emerge as feeling energized and sparkly and full of life. And we go on, you know, beautiful excursions to the Tulum ruins. And we're just feeling connected to our soul and more aligned with our mission. And when I put my head on the pillow that night, I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I feel healthy in my body. I feel connected in my marriage. And I know my kids aren't on retreat with me, but we're great. You know, like I have great relationships and I'm generating, you know, the the income of my dreams. And I think probably Lisa, the biggest thing, I had this moment Mm -hmm. in this interview where I just felt like I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I feel good in my body today. I feel so grateful to the mentors who came before me and to the the woman who said yes to herself and face the fear because it's fucking real. You know, like the GFR, like it's not easy, friends, like to go back to work and to quit my job. I've got clients who say they're going to do it and they don't. You know, I know you've done that. And to walk the the journey and the path less traveled on the diet journey, on the career journey, it takes, you know, it takes balls of steel, it takes ovaries of steel, whatever you want to call it, you know, like it, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's real. And yet to be here now and, and to know who I am and know why I'm here and to feel like I'm on my purpose also means that I'm. Tilling the soil daily. This is this life that you could say, "Oh, she's living this great life." Yeah, and it's a garden, and you got to weed and <laughs> mow the fucking lawn, and, and you know, like keep it going. Yes. Like my body, yes. my relationships, my career. It's I'm not yeah. sitting at the top of this mountain all happy and joy, joy. Like it takes work, but with the tools that I now have, that I have earned through effort and intention and focus and study, make it all that much easier. And I just feel really, really grateful to be able to share some of those tools with others now.
0: Ah, Thank (laughs) you for sharing that bubbling up. I really appreciate your vulnerability, which is also super courageous. And I know that this Conversation is going to help a lot of people that are somewhere in the continuum of either of our journeys, and it's just been really, really great having this conversation. And we will definitely have you back to talk about sex because <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be fun. That would be okay.
0: Great. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jennifer.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, everyone.
0: Was I right or was I right? It was just a really fun conversation. And so many places, I imagine that you may relate in big ways and small ways. Again, please take advantage of her offer for a free transcendence class on Zoom from your own home. The link here is where you're listening or watching the episode. And make sure you grab your GFR commandments. If you don't have your roadmap for getting real, you want to grab those at gfr.life forward slash 12c and we also have the link below and of course jennifer was you know so beautiful with highlighting number seven the one that really really speaks to her and this isn't a 12-step program the gfr commandments it is when you see them and when you work with them you will feel into what is the one for you to be working on you know there's the you'll get a graphic like this that you can download or print and there's the Confession questions for each of those GFR commandments that will help you drop in and really feel which one is yours. Is it speak your truth? Is it make yourself your most important client? Is it trust yourself? Trust your guidance. Is it the one about struggling to share your value and knowing that you're what your expertise is worth? You know, what, what is it? Is it? Oh, what's my favorite one? Oh, don't compromise, which is number one. Don't compromise. And the question for that one is, what am I tolerating? That is one of my favorite questions. What am I tolerating? It, I don't know what it is about it, but it's super powerful. So grab your 12 DFR commandments today, and then make sure you subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe to the show or follow the show, or whatever podcast app you like to listen to so you don't miss any of these transformational stories. Bye-bye for now.